InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Invest Talk. And thank you for joining us on this Monday afternoon. I'm Justin Klein, and it is already October 15th. So, a couple weeks into the fourth quarter, approaching the, uh, I guess we're in the fall, uh, approaching the holiday season. And time seems to be moving fast, and lots of interesting financial news today. Markets are moving fast, and the retail sector development that no one would have predicted 20 years ago now has occurred. Sears has filed for bankruptcy. Obviously, that's a sad story, and the long and winding road to decline and insolvency was a torturous path for Sears and its investors and employees. Sears retirees have to be a bit skittish because their pension monies are not fully funded either. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but the Sears story, at least the very least, is uh, an object lesson in how not to bet the company's fortunes in many ways. And a lot of people have seen, could see this coming, uh, but this is kind of the, the start, I think, of, and the cause of this has been, has been a long time coming, but the timing of it has a lot to do with what is happening in the bond market, uh, the stock market, and just the liquidity markets in general. Right? Uh, zero money, the cost of money has been next to zero for almost a decade now, and it's starting to tick up with the Fed raising rates and interest rates rising. And it's not a coincidence that you're seeing the likes of JC, uh, or sorry, Sears, probably JC Penny next, uh, go bankrupt, Tesla next. Uh, you know, a lot of companies that have been floated based on very low cost of capital into a business that just is dying or is structurally bankrupt. Uh, and those three that I mentioned, I think, are going to be tested. Uh, in many ways, and obviously uh, Sears is right now, over the next year or so uh, with higher interest rates. Uh, money is becoming more scarce, more expensive, and this is what you're seeing. This is why uh, you're seeing the timing of Sears going bankrupt now. Now they're going into Chapter 11, which is what is called reorganization. So they're not going away completely. They're uh, going to negotiate with their creditors and uh, renegotiate down the value of the bonds or value of the debt uh, in exchange for probably equity in the company. New equity, fresh equity, current equity holders are likely to be wiped out, right? And the company will relaunch a smaller, maybe more nimble, less burdened by uh, debt payments, etc. 
and maybe it'll survive for uh, a little while longer. Uh, maybe they'll have new leadership and ability to invest in digital or change the way their businesses run in, in general. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Now, our focus on the program today will be you and your investments and your continuing education on how, how to become an above-average investor. Now, by the way, I have a save-the-date reminder for you. On October 30th, Steve and I will be hosting our next Wealth Webinar. It is free, but you do have to pre-register at investtalk.com. Be ready. It's going to be on Tuesday night, October 30th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. So hopefully most people are going to be off work by then, be able to uh, take part and ask questions and, and gather in as much knowledge as they can. So what are we going to, to accomplish today on the program, though? Well, I have provided unbiased comments and evaluation for you, as always, and I'm encouraging your participation as well. So please call our anytime listener line. It's open right now at 888-99-CHART. That's 888-992-4278. Now, we talk about retirement planning every day on Invest Talk, but do you know that a list of America's worst states to retire in has been compiled? Well, you should probably be aware of this, and I'll turn to this information in a few moments. But before I get to that, let's make time for you, our callers. And this call that came in to our Anytime line at 888 chart. Hello, Steve. Justin, it's me again, uh, Mike from Louisville. The Power Shares High Yield Equity Dividend Achievers Portfolio, consisting of about 50 different companies. Ticker symbol is PEY. That's Papa Echo Yankee. They pay about a 3.75 dividend, but they pay daily, not daily, but monthly, which is kind of nice. How is that for a long-term value holding? And I'm in retirement mode again. And, and how is it for a uh, downside protection? Take care. Have a great day. Well, he's looking at the Invesco High Yield Equity Dividend ETF. PEY is the symbol. Yields about 4%. Nice uh, 4% yield. Pays a dividend. It goes X uh, the, about the last week of every month. So that's nice. Like you said, uh, monthly dividend payer. I like that. Uh, let's look at its its breakdown of holdings. Now, large cap value is about 40%. Mid cap, 24 Small cap, 12 uh, and, and uh, 11% small cap blend. So it, it's pretty much on the value side. Uh, consumer defensive, 22%. The biggest, uh, actually utilities, 25 Consumer defensive, which probably be consumer staples companies, is about 22 So about 47% of the portfolio, about half, are in what I would call bond proxies, uh, which would be consumer staples and utilities. Only 3.5% technology, which is what I was worried about with being so being uh, based on the NASDAQ, but only 3.5% in technology. So I like that, especially in this market. Uh, it's very low correlation or low exposure, sorry, to the technology space. It does have about 14% in financials, which I don't like that space either, um, but uh, I like it overall. Uh, Vector Group, which is a, a, a REIT that is the top holding AT&T, PPL, Owens Minor, Southern Company, Compass Mineral, so a lot of dividend payers. So actually, I'm a big fan of it in this type of market. Let me uh, take a look at what the fees are. Let's see where those are, but it does yield about four uh, percent. So I, I do like that. I like that in this market. Uh, long term, you know, it's not going to be the the best 
returner over the next 20 years probably, but it will probably have the best, one of the better risk-adjusted returns for ETFs out there in the marketplace. So overall, I like PEY, Invesco High Yield Equity Dividend, but you asked about downside. doesn't mean there's not going to be large downside. Uh, because this is a name or this is a, an area, it's all equities, right? It's, a, it's allocated all to equities and even in a downturn. Uh, you know, this went live ba back in, let's see, let's go back as far as possible. This went from about $16 a share all the way to E, e five, four, five dollars back in 2008. Obviously, it was trading uh, at a discount then. So there's going to be large drawdowns in this name. So uh, understand that if we're in a, going into an extended bear market, this will have 20, 30, 40% downside potential. So understand that. But in this market, you know, I'm a fan of utilities and consumer staples, and this is heavy in those, so I like it. Now, since everyone's situation is different, I can tell you that proper retirement planning needs to take many things into consideration. Cost of healthcare, post-retirement taxes and uh, pensions, uh, cost of living both today and in the future. And there are certain states in the country that retirees may want to avoid. And we found this story at moneywise.com. Pretty interesting. In retirement, you have to live mostly on your savings and your money can stretch a lot further in some states more than others. Now, there are popular spots like Arizona and Florida. And they're pricey and have some uneven access to affordable health care. Meanwhile, more affordable places can suffer from high crime, poor medical care, and punishing weather. So before I dig into this list deeper, let's go ahead and take our break. I'll come back on the other side and get to your answers. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I have another save the date reminder for you. November 7th. This is the day Steve will be returning to San Jose to conduct no cost personalized portfolio reviews. If you want to meet with him, you just have to register at investtalk.com. It's a fast-moving Monday, and we are taking your questions. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to InvestTalk. Head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. You should consider Equity Income Plus, a key strategy that you may be missing. The phone lines are open, Justin's here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now clearly there are, there's more to retirement planning than picking a sunny state and packing up the moving van. Now I will not have, you know, I will not have time to cover every state on this list, so I'll pick a few just to make you aware and to help you improve your retirement planning. Number one, Delaware. It is known for idyllic pursuits like berry picking and whale watching. However, even with the lack of sales tax, life here isn't exactly cheap. The median home listing is currently $275,000 and rising. Rental price is $1,300, and among the greatest inconvenience here are the lack of public transportation, which is, you know, when you're older, can be a big thing. Texas, it's a big and proud state, but many seniors look to relocate here. But be aware, the state's major health care shortcomings. Texas has the third worst physician-to-patient ratio in the country. 
which m makes it difficult to access good medical care. Nursing homes also are poorly staffed and have been cited for numerous violations over the years. So those are a couple of tough states to really retire in. Uh, you know, I, I like states that have a low cost of living, low taxes, and it's easy, I would say more the middle of the state, or middle of the country, I'm sorry, because then you can travel, if you like to travel, a lot easier. You can get to different parts of the state uh, pretty easy. But we'll get to a little bit more on that uh, a little bit later. In other states, in the poor retirement locations are here, South Carolina, Michigan, Tennessee, and Illinois. Now, my, object, my objective in offering this information is to encourage you to plan for retirement and do your research before you jump into any big changes. Uh, downsizing uh, is a big move, and where you go is very important and your cost of living in that state can really drastically change your retirement picture because remember you're going to be retired for 15 20 30 years maybe and what that's like over that time frame and what that cost is year after year after year can really change the calculus when you're figuring that out and that law all leads to a point is that whether you're near or at retirement people still year or maybe you're still years from retirement your investment portfolio should be balanced for your objectives and your goals with your reasonable risk tolerance in mind and steve and i can help you with these important goals but you have to reach out to us to get things started so you can call our dana point office at 800-557-5461 or send us a message through investtalk.com now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I hope you can take a minute to subscribe to our KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. We compile and distribute it every Friday. The newsletter provides a roundup summary of this we the week that was and then offers a look ahead and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas and portfolio management tips as well. Now I'm ready to take your question and your call at 888-99-CHART. value stocks what makes them different than growth stocks or what's your question why not ask it right now 888-99-CHART on InvestTalk Best Talk listeners call each week asking Steve or Justin to name the software tools they use for data research and filtering. Ready? Ycharts. And if you go to ycharts.com, you can get a free trial. Even better, mention Invest Talk when you purchase and you'll get a significant discount. But now, if you got a question for Justin, he's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Mary in Florida. She wants to talk about Amazon and Apple? Yes. Correct, Mary? You there? Yes, hi. Um, I, I decided to buy Amazon and Apple. I want to know if it is a good uh, time to buy or not. 
I, I don't think so. Uh, Amazon is extremely expensive and extremely overbought. Uh, now it's become oversold recently. Uh, but it's still a great company. Um, but I think there's there's some more downside probably into the low, uh, tw about on the 1200 level, I think is probably where Amazon uh, is headed. Uh, so it, it, it's certainly a, a great business, uh, but it's a business that... Is is frankly just overvalued uh, at the current time. Um, but long term, I think Amazon will win out, and they'll do continue to do well and grow uh, grow their business because I think it has a great leader. Um, but I think in the near term, it's probably has more downside with the overall market and the overall Nasdaq. Uh, Apple. Uh, we've owned for a long time. We still like Apple. We haven't bought new shares for new clients uh, over the past six months to a year or so. Um, but it's definitely less overvalued, I would say. But what concerns me a little bit about Apple is they haven't really innovated in the iPhone, uh, the iPad, etc. They haven't really come out with anything big recently. I know they're working on an electric car, um, which is, I think, a, a good thing in the long term. But that's some years away. Uh, I, so I think Apple will have some downside probably into the uh, 160, 170 level over the next uh, 12 months or so, and that would be a better level. But um, I do like both companies long term, so it depends on your time horizon. Does that make sense, Mary? Yes, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for calling. Now today's main talking point, 15 million people a year use at least one small dollar credit product, like a payday loan, for example. But these quick loans have very high interest rates, but there's kind of a new trend on demand payments, which allows companies to let workers decide how often they get paid and without the huge interest charges. Okay, so that's our main talking point today and what the future of your salary payments or uh, just your paycheck payments are going to, to come in, which could affect the way that you manage budgets and save over the long term. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Also, Elon Musk recently came out against short sellers, and I want to touch on why he's wrong that they should be illegal. And then I want to discuss eight common ways people fool themselves into making poor financial decisions on a consistent basis, okay? Uh, and whether that's just telling themselves mistruths or um, relying on sources of, of capital, sources of money that oftentimes don't come through. Uh, we're going to talk a little about that as well. So those are the things that are on the docket for the next half hour on the show. But ultimately, I want to know what is on your mind. I want to hear from you. Now, let's look at the market quickly today. It was uh, a modest down day, really a, a drop into the end of the day, more weakness. I do think we are close to some sort of a, a short-term bounce in the overall markets, although... I didn't see panic yet, and that's what I like to see when I'm looking for kind of shorter-term bottoms uh, in the market. But I do think we are entering a, a more protracted pullback in the markets. I think this is the first. I think it really it was really kicked off in February. February was the start of it, and if you look at kind of broader market indexes like the NYSE, uh, the Wilshire 5000, uh, broader index and indexes than just the S&P or the Nasdaq. 
we never really got above the January highs. Uh, and so February was the first shot across the bow, and it was a warning sign, I think. Uh, very dissimilar to kind of how, remember Bear Stearns back in 2000, uh, I think it was 16, it was. Sorry, 2006, I <laughs> apologize. And uh, you you had the eventual downside uh, in the market. And I think that's what you're going to see here. This is the second shot. Uh, I think we'll get some sort of a, of a rally, but we're going to see lower prices on the major indexes, most likely. Now, let's uh, let's get to, what are we going to get to? We're going to talk about an investing term that you should know, and this is gapping. And this is a term used when a stock opens significantly above or significantly below the previous day's close, with no trading activity in between. Now, partial gapping occurs when the opening price is higher or lower than the previous day's close, but within the previous day's range. Okay, So that's a partial gap, meaning uh, it traded at some point around that price at that price the previous day but didn't close near there okay uh, usually gaps get filled full gaps tend to get filled over time typically and that's either on the upside or the downside so it, it's usually not great long term to be buying gaps ups right because they tend to get filled meaning the original price uh, will come back uh, to the previous day's close so that's something you should understand when you're looking at stocks and how they trade. This is, goes into kind of technical analysis. Now over at Investopedia.com, they host a dictionary with hundreds of investing terms and you can it's a great resource. Now tomorrow on Invest Talk, Modern Portfolio Theory. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. This is InvestTalk. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? 
You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Save the date and register now at investtalk.com. Appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Now, today's main talking point, 15 million people a year use at least one small dollar credit product like a payday loan, but interest rates are high, and that may be a thing of the past in the near future. Uh, typically, most people get paid bi-weekly, right, every two weeks. Uh, if you ask ADP, which is the largest provider of payroll, uh, about half of their clients get pay or pay their employees every two weeks. About a quarter pay weekly, and the rest, a lot of them get paid monthly. So if you don't get paid monthly, you get paid every couple of weeks. Uh, some people have to deal with uh, their payments in uh, a lot longer time frame. But things are kind of changing. Uh, you, you've seen that with Uber and Lyft, you can drive Uber or drive Lyft and get paid immediately, which is pretty nice. It allows for people who may be short on cash, go out and drive a little bit, earn a little bit of money, pay those bills that they might need. And it's a good thing. It's a, overall, that's a good thing. Paying employees more frequently, however, also means it's more expensive and time-consuming for employers. So that's why they don't do it. So don't think that your employer is being unreasonable unreasonable by paying you every two weeks or twice a month. Uh, and some businesses just don't have the cash flow to support it. But then there's the other side where businesses have incentives to delay payments, right? Because they can make money on the float. It's a lot of the way that ADP makes their money. Right? They, they pull the money from the employer and it, they float the money and earn money market interest right uh, over a couple days. And it might not m seem like a, a lot. You're not going to earn a lot on that. But Americans' personal income total is about $16 trillion a year. So even with the small amount that money market counts yield can mean a lot of money for likes of ADP and paychecks and some employers who are holding on to that money, right? They have income every day if you're, say, a retailer. Uh, and you have money in the bank waiting to pay employer employees, and that can earn some money. So there's some incentives on that side as well. But things are changing with the Square and Zelle and all these instant payment uh, apps that are out there. It can be, it's a lot easier to move money around. And there's even some new players. Uh, what was the name? Daily Pay. For six bucks a month, you can get an advance on your paycheck, which is kind of nice. I haven't looked into it. I haven't really seen too much uh, about uh, the exact details. But if it can get your money to you a little sooner, you can maybe pay that mortgage a little sooner and avoid a few extra days of interest being accrued on that particular loan. And if you do that consistently, that can really add up and you can pay down your mortgage a lot faster. That's one thing I really like. Uh, a great strategy is if you're out there, you have a mortgage, 
say it's two thousand dollars a month and you get paid uh, and most of one of your paychecks probably goes towards that mortgage well why not pay a thousand from one check and a thousand from the other and get that payment in a couple weeks earlier at least half that payment in a couple weeks earlier and that thousand dollars that you paid two weeks earlier won't be accruing interest over that week or the, that next couple weeks right and that may not sound like it saves that much over one pay period or one month but if you do it time after time after time that could add up to thousands and thousands of dollars maybe even pay your uh, home off a year or two earlier I think everybody should consider that if you have the money and you have debt and you know you're going to put that money towards that particular debt, and this could be a car payment, it could be any type of payment, it could be a credit card payment, and you're accruing interest on that account, pay that sooner. Don't let it sit in your bank account earning next to nothing, because odds are your mortgage, your credit cards, your car payment, whatever that is, is going to accrue at a much higher rate than you're going to earn in your bank. And so the future of the way you're going to get paid, I think, is going to change. Now that can also lead to problems, right? The burning a hole in your pocket, right? If you get paid every day maybe or even every week can be pretty often and you're going to use that money down the future to maybe pay your rent, okay? Say so you're renting. Uh, there's, It's in your bank account. It looks like you have that money, but even though it's allocated for something else, some people just aren't disciplined for it. So frivolous spending is still frivolous spending no matter how you look at it. And this goes back to having a plan. No matter how often you're paid, you've got to have a plan to know where every dollar that you're earning is going to go. Where are your priorities? Obviously your bills, but what about after that? Saving for retirement. Saving for your goals. And that goal could be a vacation for you and your partner. But you need to know where every dollar that you're going to earn in the future is going to be allocated to. Now, our listener line never closes. And this question about pension plans came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm Sean from Seattle, Washington. I listen to you guys on podcast. I currently am receiving a defined pension plan right now. Uh, my company also does offer a Roth. Uh, well, my company does also offer a 401k plan. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out if I should invest in the 401k plan that does not have a match, or if maybe a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA uh, would be a little better as far as the tax repercussions as well as the flexibility of having a lot of different options to choose from. Thank you, and uh, thanks again. Uh, great question. So I guess this question was not really about pension plans. It was more about whether you should invest in his 401k or uh, a IRA or Roth IRA. And I always say, if your company does not match, you should absolutely be looking at an IRA or a Roth IRA first. Now, if you max that out and you want to save more, which you probably should and probably need to, then you go back to your 401k and you put some money there. But you need to focus and be uh, have a plan to get as much money as you can into your IRA each and every year. Now, whether that's a, a Roth IRA or a regular IRA depends on your tax bracket. If you're in a high tax bracket, you know, a regular IRA probably makes a little more sense because you're, you may be in a lower tax bracket down the line. Now, if you're in a low tax bracket now, you probably want to lock that in. Uh, you know, we just had a tax cut and 
our tax rates are relatively low compared to the long term and then if you look at the deficit and the budget uh, you can only imagine that tax rates are probably going to go up eventually at some point because the deficit is approaching a trillion dollars again even though our unemployment rate is only 3.7 percent so uh, taxes need to go up in the future so if you can lock that in right now at a low rate then you want to side with the Roth but uh, you you want to focus if you don't have a match from your employer, do an IRA. If you do and it's generous, make sure you get that full match in the 401k. Then you move to that IRA. 888-99 chart 888-992-4278. We have about 15 minutes left in the show, so if you're gonna get a call in, you want to do it sooner rather than later. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I want to tell you about two important upcoming developments for our listeners. Number one, Steve and I have set the date for our next Wealth webinar. This is a live online event. It will be October 30th, just a couple weeks away, actually two weeks from tomorrow. It's going to be at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. It is free, but you must pre-register at investtalk.com, and we will send you a private access link that you can get once you register. So register now. Number two, at KP Financial, we understand that some of our listeners may be uh, maybe having trouble figuring out where to get guidance. Uh, or maybe they, they like listening to the show. I hope you like listening to the show. Uh, but you want more uh, more hands-on experience. And expert guidance. Maybe a mentor. And we are here when you are ready. And I want to tell everybody a little bit about something we just are launching. Uh, launching pre-registration now, early bird registration for the Investalk Academy. Okay, it is going to be a fantastic experience for those members that sign up. Okay, what it's going to be basically is Steve and I are going to host classes every week online, and we're going to go over the market, do a full analysis of the market, what's going on with the market full charts you'll be able to see everything that we're looking at and why we're maybe bullish bearish neutral on a particular market particular sector of the market etc there'll be Q&A that you can go back and forth and then we're going to get into a specific topic a, 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 a teaching moment on a particular topic that we think is important and that uh, may be on technical analysis that may be on fundamental analysis that may be on avoiding certain pitfalls maybe on fixed income Maybe how to have the right mindset to be a successful investor. There's a range of different topics that we're going to cover each and every week. And you'll be able to ask questions about really anything you want. So it's really hands-on, one-on-one with Steve and I. Okay? And our first lesson is going to be on November 1st. So the first, so you got to sign up before November 1st and actually... Our lowest price is going to be up until the end of this month, October 31st, Halloween. After that, price goes up. Uh, so if I send an email today, we should be going live with registrations uh, on our site uh, tonight. So be ready for that. It's going to be a great experience for anybody who's really trying to learn as much as they can. You need somebody that can walk you through the answers to your questions and walk you through what's going on in the market and walk you through what is important to understand when it comes to being a great investor. 
So there's a low introductory cost and you'll be hearing more about it. You probably got an email today if you're on our email list. And uh, so go to investtalk.com probably tonight, tomorrow, and you'll be able to sign up. Now the phone lines are open and we are taking your calls at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. It can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and on all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, and podcast replays. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. And unlike many other advisors, Steve and Justin always provide unbiased recommendations, unaffected by third-party considerations. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California office or send a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. You can call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Cole from Michigan. I'm a podcast listener and I really like your show. Um, My question is, if uh, you're doing research on an investment idea and you narrow it down to three or four companies that use your idea as part of their business model, but you notice that one of them is held by an investment firm, does that typically disqualify or do you drop that candidate from any further research just because they're held by an equity firm who may have a number of companies under the umbrella? Thanks. I'll listen for the answer tonight. Thanks. Bye. Hmm. I'm not sure what he's asking me. Is that the company is held by like a T. Rowe Price, is that what you're talking about? Um, or are you talking about a private equity firm that might own shares in the company? Uh, I'm really not clear on your question, <laughs> is my biggest issue. Uh, you know, n- no one thing is ever going to disqualify us from investing in a particular company. It's never going to be one thing. Just like no one thing is going to cause us to invest in a particular company. Right? It's always a concoction of different factors. And for different sectors, certain factors mean more than others. Okay? And our goal for the portfolio, for the strategy, will mean that our considerations for particular parameters matter more than others. Right? So, for example, if our focus in a particular strategy, like uh, our balanced income program, is income, right, is a dividend, then we're going to focus more on a dividend stock that, than the sustainability of that dividend, right? We're not going to focus as much on the growth of the company. Obviously, we want growth. We want the company to continue to grow and grow its earnings steadily over time. But our focus on the sustainability of that dividend is going to be a lot higher than say we're looking at that same stock for another strategy that is maybe more long-term value focused right so i think i can answer your question but i don't really fully understand it is no it probably wouldn't disqualify us from looking at it and i can't tell by your question whether i like that fact or not 
So maybe you can call back and clarify, or maybe call live. That would be much better so we can have a conversation. Now, October is already half over. Here's a quick reminder. I can't remind you enough. We've got a free online webinar coming up on October 30th, and Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. So register for both events now at investtalk.com. Now we've got about 10 minutes left in today's program, so let's talk about your finance and investing questions at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, can there be a downside to over-diversifying your portfolio? Steve will break down the story tomorrow. But now, Justin's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Amit. Let's go to Amit in San Jose. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a question about JP uh, Morgan. I was wondering okay. if it is a good time to buy or it will go down more or this sector should be avoided no. altogether. I just hate the sector. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's an area where they have a lot of exposure to uh, companies that are over levered. Uh, the yield curve has been flattening even though rates have been going up. Uh, JP Morgan, they're, they're, they're the best run bank out there. Uh, so you're looking at uh, the, one of the better global banks in the world. Uh, however, I just don't like the sector as a whole. You know, Going into uh, a pullback in the market, going into recession, likely sometime later next year into 2020, uh, I could see, I just don't like the, the whole sector, I, the companies that are exposed to the credit cycle. Uh, and most banks, uh, especially JP Morgan, are going to be that. So if you want eventual exposure to JP Morgan, I think you have it on your watch list. Uh, if you want uh, long-term exposure to a great bank, Sure, you could buy it here and you'll do fine 10, 20 years from now because I don't think they're going to go bankrupt, but you're going to be a, have a much better buying opportunity over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Amit. That was J.P. Morgan Chase. Now, Tesla CEO Elon Musk uh, once tweeted out that even though they cause me grief, I would defend the right of shorts to exist. They're often unreasonably maligned. This was back in 2012. However, six years later, he now tweets, the last several years have taught me that they are indeed reasonably maligned. What they do should be illegal. And for everyone out there, if you don't know what short sellers do, is they borrow shares from their broker, and usually from another stockholder with at that same broker, and they sell them in the open market uh, with the hope that the stock price goes down and you buy the shares back later at a lower price and make that difference. You can also buy stock options, uh, uh, put options to bet on the stock's decline as well. Now, Elon doesn't like them now because uh, they're targeting his shares, targeting Tesla. Why? Because they burn through heaps of cash and they're struggling to deliver 
adequate volumes of their Model 3 as well as do it in an efficient and uh, let's say high quality manner, right? The, a lot of the, a lot of them uh, have very poor quality, and he's having issues with that, and that's causing the company to burn tons of cash. Now the stock is down 17% this year, but it's still worth 44 billion dollars. That's almost as much as GM and more than Ford Motors. And those other two have earnings, and Tesla has no earnings. Never really has had earnings. And the stock is trading at 90 times what it's forecasted, forecasted, quote unquote, to earn in the next year. That's assuming Musk delivers on the promises to make a profit, which he's never really delivers on many of his pro promises. So short selling is just the art of finding things that are overvalued. Uh, and typically that's a good thing. Right, you want a, a market that has an equal balance of bulls and bears, and of course, some shorts make bogus statements, but so do many longs, including Musk, who tweeted out you had a buyout for four hundred twenty dollars a share, which he never did. Now, a lot of people are going to say, "Well, you're short Tesla." Yeah, we are short Tesla. Uh, and you want this company to go, go down. Or maybe you're un-American for wanting Tesla to fail. And let's be clear. I do not want Tesla to fail. It's just going to fail. <laughs> That's the problem. I would love it if they were a well-run, well-respected company that spoke truths to shareholders in the market, but they aren't. That's the bottom line. And short sellers play a vital role in keeping prices where they should be over the long term. I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program driven again by your questions. A reminder our podcast listeners that they will be learning a lot more about YCharts, the maker of the software that Steve and I use for serious research data filters and charting. Yes, we use Y-Charts every day in our analysis. And you can too. Thanks for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.